0: i Mitchell J. Rabin, and I'm very glad you're joining us again today. Today we're going to be talking about a very interesting, very interesting and valuable organization that is at this point worldwide known as the Institute for Noetic Sciences, ION, is commonly known as. And we have invited on to our roundtable its founder, uh, former astronaut Edgar Mitchell, who is not only the founder and author of uh, Astronaut, but author of The Way of the Explorer and a Frontier Scientist. It's his interest in pioneering in science and worlds like parapsychology that gave rise to the Institute for Noetic Sciences in the very first place in uh, around 1970 or so after he returned from his trip to the moon as one of the first astronauts to walk on the moon. And we will also be joined by Cassandra Viten, who is the current president and CEO of IONS and a scientist herself at the Mind-Body Medicine Research Group at California Pacific Medical Center Research Institute. And third, we will be joined by Barbara Marks Hubbard, long-time visionary and credited with the ideas of the synergy engine and the birthing of humanity. Barbara is a futurist and publicly known figure around the world. We've had Barbara on the show uh, many times in the past, both on television and radio. And, in fact, Edgar Mitchell was a guest on A Better World Television going back to the mid-1990s, in fact. So it will be a pleasure to be joined by him as well today. Hello. uh, Can you hear me? Yes. uh, Just one moment, Barbara. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I'm glad you're with us. Yes, thank Uh, you. Just a word uh, about uh, IONS, as I was saying. They will be also sponsoring a conference, which is an annual conference, this year in Oak Brook, uh, just outside of Chicago. (laughs) And there will be uh, joined there by a wonderful cast, uh, such as Barbara Mark Hubbard, who is with us today, uh, Marianne Williamson, Edgar Mitchell, who should also be joining us shortly, Dean Radin, who is a senior scientist at ION, and uh, a number of other uh, really well known, brilliant speakers who are helping to advance the understanding of science in the dimension of spirituality and studies in consciousness. And so I'm very glad that uh, Cassandra is with us, Cassandra Viten, and Barbara Mark hubbard I haven't seen uh, Edgar join us yet, but we'll just sit tight and uh, hope he uh, manages to join us. Uh, Cassie, you are currently the president and CEO of IONS, if you could introduce us to this organization and give us a little sense of its history and uh, where it is now and what it's been doing.
1: Sure. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show, and what an honor to be Absolutely. here with you, Barbara. And thank really you. Really happy about our conference coming up, and I know Edgar will join us if he can. So sure. the institute, as you said, was founded in 1973 by Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell, who is the sixth person to walk on the moon, and one of eight surviving people who has, so a very rare and unique perspective. And on his way back to the earth from his moonwalk, as he puts it, he was lucky enough to have the window seat, and he had a major epiphany that changed his life and changed his worldview, and it really had two elements to it. One was, first of all, having an experience of feeling one with everything he saw and having almost a direct download from the universe that the molecules of his body were the very same as the molecules in the space capsule and the sun and the moon and the earth and the stars and that there was an interconnected whole and a kind of living matrix here that has a kind of intelligence or divinity shining through everything and this was a, a you know amazing experience that mystics throughout the ages, he found out later, had described. And the second was viewing the Earth from space and having sort of a different experience of um, despair or concern about seeing that so many of the problems we face as a planet, and especially uh, in terms of the human causes, really find their roots in limitations in human consciousness. So... There are no boundaries between countries when you view the Earth from space and the war and inequity of resources and environmental degradation. And so many of these things now are not things that are out of our control. They're things that if we were able to change our perspectives and our worldviews and recognize our essential interconnectedness and interdependence on this planet, that would be the source of solutions so the Institute now for 40 years has really looked into this um, idea of consciousness. And um, sometimes we like to say what the Apollo program did for outer space, IONS is attempting to do for inner space and really explore that inner realm of consciousness, what we think, what we intend, what we believe, how does that influence our own bodies, how does it interact with other people, both locally and at a distance, how does it interact with physical reality. And how can we help people harness the power of their thoughts and their intentions and their beliefs and imaginations to sort of re-enchant the world, to bring the magic back to uh, a world where many of our societal institutions have really been sucked dry of their soul, you know, healthcare and education and business. And we've, we've kind of bought this idea that, being rational and left-brained and materialistic is the most important thing, and everything else is sort of secondary and imaginary, whereas really the spice of life and the beauty and mystery and wonder of who we are springs from our internal worlds, and yet we don't know much about them. So IONS is dedicated to studying inner knowing using the tools of rigorous science.
0: Mm. Wow, what a beautiful description. I never heard that put that way, Cassie, that as NASA does for outer space, IONS is attempting to do for inner space. I think that's just a beautiful point-counterpoint in describing its mission and it makes perfect sense based on what it is that Edgar Mitchell saw on his way, well, probably in both directions, the way out and the way back, but Certainly, we all have been completely dazzled, mesmerized, and awed by the Apollo photographs, which, I mean, in no small way has literally changed the world. As you said mm-hmm. so eloquently, there are no borders or boundaries when looked at from above between nations. Mm-hmm. There aren't nations, there's an Earth. There's one one planet, and uh, that's the way it's really perceived by anyone else who may be up there. So, thank you for that. That's really very very helpful. It really orients us. Uh, Barbara, I'd love to engage you. Uh, you have been on the path of looking at the subjects that Ion's deals with daily, as it's kind of a daily appetite, and you've also integrated some of that thinking into your perspective on humans being rebirthed, if you will, at this point in time to its next evolutionary level, and you will be one of the – you are the keynote speaker at the conference that – let's let everybody know – July 22nd through 26th at Oak Brook, and you can get information about that, actually at the uh, noetic.org website. Is that correct, Cassie? That's right. Okay, good. So, Barbara, what, what is it you're going to Give us a little taste of what it is you're going to talk about. What? How do you never understand know how
1: to,
2: the
0: IONS but, work relates to yours?
2: Okay, I, I never know exactly what I'm going to talk about, but I can know what I'm going to talk about right now after hearing that. Please. Can you hear me? <laughs> yes. Uh, very well. Okay, after hearing the exciting real pattern that IONS has been laying down and how important that is, what I want to explore is the emergence of evolutionary spirituality. That out of all the different great spiritual traditions and inspired by many of the great teachers, there is clearly to me a spirituality emerging wherein we're beginning to experience the impulse of evolution, the impulse of creation from the origin, from the original flaring forth all the way through, sort of in a Teilhard de Chardin understanding, as it moves higher complexity, greater freedom, more complex order, that what's happening now and what we're calling a new human is humans who feel completely integrated in their own personal life purpose with the greater purpose of evolution. That our unique selves, our soul's code, our, 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 our that which we feel born to do, feels to me, and I'll speak personally, feels to me like a personal incarnation of the direction of evolution in this particular person. And other mm-hmm. people who are in evolutionary spirituality feel motivated by a particular frequency, but it relates to the direction of evolution uh, not simply to a oneness with spirit, or a dealing with existing problems in a better way. So it's a non-dual. It's an evolutionary non-dualism that is extremely energizing, because mm-hmm. the world is at a crisis point where the, more of the same will not work so in every field and every function are emerging innovation solutions and states of being you might say like edgar had up in space he was incarnating the whole process of creation he saw it as a whole he felt it he and then he went and created ions that was his impulse of evolution coming from that experience and so i'd like i'd like to really explore with ions an emerging spirituality that feels to me very empowering and and somewhat new.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Well, we're obviously beginning to do that right here on this uh, roundtable, and we'll see what else happens out in Chicago. Uh, I believe Edgar may have joined us. Edgar Mitchell, are you on the line with us? Hello? Edgar, is that you? it is not okay, then uh, (laughs) some interesting um, uh, technical um, glitch here. I have not been able to find him, but uh, he'll knock on my door as soon as (laughs) he can. So let's carry on this conversation to look at what might be this interface, Cassie, between what Barbara is saying and this evolutionary impulse that ions is carrying into the universe as well as across horizontally this planet? Um, how can ions um, <clears throat> articulate some of what Barbara has been speaking about you know internationally now for for some years? What is that interface in your mind? Why would you have asked her, actually, to to be a keynote speaker then? There's obvious uh, interface from your view.
1: Yeah, well, of course, um, Barbara's a pioneer, and we are so honored to have her. And, you know, we invite her to be a speaker because she's so unbelievably amazing and inspiring. And when people hear her, they have a direct experience of exactly what we've both just described. So I'm it's really happy you're coming, Barbara. And you know, I would say that I I love what Barbara just said about uh non duality and spirituality and one of the major um thrusts, one of the major evolutionary thrusts of the Institute of Noetic Sciences is that noetic is a Greek term that refers to inner knowing and science is of course outer objective knowing and it's really at the nexus of those two things that ion's works and so this idea uh that there has been a false dichotomy between mind and matter between science and spirituality between heart and mind um there's so many outer and inner there's so many ways you could put it that yeah. Um, there's sort of a functional reason for those um, separations when you're working in the physical world and you need to put aside aspects of yourself to focus on other aspects. That's absolutely normal. But to structure an entire society around that leads us to a place where, um, as I was saying earlier, healthcare sometimes is divorced from healing and peacemaking includes... Uh, weaponry there there are these um insanities that come out of this um false duality, and I think that part yeah. of what Barbara's been working for for so long and ions as well is to at least bring these into conversation with one another, if not to see what happens when you actually eliminate the boundaries and say, you know every major scientific discovery in the history of science has been birthed in a deep sense of mystery, awe, wonder, inspiration, um, these moments of aha, where someone understands something, Um, that's as important as the rigor and methodological aspects of science. And the same with other aspects of our lives, you know, that, um, so I think that, one of the things we'd all like to see is these increasing dialogues between what seem to be disparate parts of our existence, but actually, when they're brought together, they enrich and enhance both. You know, this,
2: yes, I'd like to add a thought to that. That I'm I'm just offering. <laughs> many many years ago, when I was a totally novice at all of this, I met with Dr. Jonas Salk. It must have been in the, about 1964. And I was at that time telling him everything that was wrong with me. I was attracted to the future. I was looking for participation in doing something important, and I felt that something was going on and so on. And it was the Freudian analysis of this is you're neurotic. I had five children <laughs> and was managing a big house <laughs> and all of that. So, um Jonas said, Barbara, this is not what's wrong about you. It's what's right about you. You are a mutant. And I will introduce (laughs) you to a few others I've met in the last 20 years. And he met me introduced me to some really distinguished people like architect Louis Kahn and the science editor of Life magazine and so forth. And we all immediately resonated with each other. Fellow Houston. And Jonas said, Barbara, we are two peas in the same genetic pod. You have been bitten by the same bug that I was bitten by. Now, what was this bug that we were bitten for one, by? For which he did not have a vaccination. <laughs> no, he didn't. And I, you know, mutant from Jonas. Well, okay, what I'm wanting to put forward is a suggestion that we're in the midst of an evolving humanity and that out of Homo sapiens, sapiens, and self-consciousness has emerged and has been emerging for thousands of years a spiritual-based consciousness, but the, the awareness of evolution is relatively new, and that certainly we're affecting it and we are it incarnate in a way, means that there's a type of human being, as Teilhard de Chardin called Homo progressivus, attracted to the future as an organism progressing toward the unknown. And he called the other type the bourgeois, who are trying to keep things as they are, and that the, the homo progressivists would become ever more animated because things are evolving towards the unknown, <laughs> but they certainly yeah. can't be held in the way they were. So I'm putting forward that with evolutionary spirituality... There is a type of human that is, is emerging in every field and every function. It's not a new religion. It's a new person. And it, it holds the characteristics of love, empathy, uh, love of the earth, desire to realize life purpose, a certain cosmic consciousness as a new norm. And when I got started, when I was the mutant that Dr. Eric Salk mentioned, I never had met anybody until I met him. Now we're everywhere. We we seem to be growing a crop of humans that have the consciousness that we're trying to teach the existing system that is structured in the top-down model, whereas the new humans are already not in that. They're usually not head of nation states or big corporations or organized religions. They are innovators, creators, and my thought is, the more we connect those who are already emergent in this quality of being, we will find the pattern of the emerging world in our midst. And that then that becomes a, an attractor because it is attractive, it is inclusive, it is loving, it is empathetic, but it isn't trying to change the old, it's evolving the new.
0: Well, that... I think another mutant, if you really want to think of it that way, uh, I I think that it's it's the evolved human, and I, I know we're actually saying the same thing. And it's
2: what it is it's it? It's evolved human and also <clears> throat> evolving, throat> because well, sure. oh, well if we combine the spiritual, the deep social, vocational desire to create and, and deal with deal with emerging potentials with high tech. With nanotech, biotech, quantum computing, artificial intelligence—if that were to be infused with love, in other words, if if um, transhumanism and love were to join for the, joining the evolution of our species, you really do see a new humanity there. Yeah, yeah,
0: and I, I think that even short of uh, the technological swerve on it, we would still be seeing the emergence of a new humanity, which, interestingly, is uh, largely an awakening of genetic and neurological traits that we have that have been simply lying dormant. So, I don't know, I'm I'm sort of uh, always tickled by the thought that it's evolutionary, and on the other hand, it's an awakening of facets of our own consciousness and our own physiology that have just been almost anesthetized while um, the other uh, more survival-of-the-fittest type of traits have been dominant for the past many hundreds of years. So it's an interesting thing. But when I mentioned mutant just before, I was referring to another one of our community Uh, in such a powerful leadership role, which is no one other than Buckminster Fuller, who said, and uh, pardon my paraphrase, that we're never going to change things on this planet by um, arguing with the uh, existing structures. What we have to do is build a new one, and in effect, they will come. And I think Uh, that's very much what IONS is involved in. Barbara, you are myself at A Better World, there are, as we say, we really do have a community of people, and they million really million. are. They are in the millions, and they are across the planet. Paul Hawkins, in his uh, Blessed Unrest, his brilliant book, is pointing out uh, that there are literally millions of organizations, NGOs, yes. uh, social enterprise companies, um and the like that are on the ground, grassroots, doing extraordinary actions to bring together a new brotherhood and a new sisterhood across the planet. So uh, this is a, a way of saying, yes, yes, I agree. And the conference that IONS is sponsoring out in Oak Brook near Chicago this coming July is, I think, a really beautiful example of this kind of community building. Cassie, could you speak to that?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, one of the concepts that I've been working with recently at IONS is that every major societal transformation or renaissance in the last, say, 400 years has been rooted in four things. Um, The first is that there are a person or a few people or a small group of people have an awakening or a realization, or they make an observation or have an experience of something different than what they'd been taught before. It's a direct, noetic mm-hmm. moment where you recognize something new is possible. And the second is that there is some sort of external confirmation of that experience and greater exploration of it through science. Um, The third is that we provide people with tools and applications so they can actually utilize this new understanding in their lives and in the workplace. And the fourth is a community of support. So if you think about something like the discovery of germs, which is, you know, germ theory is probably the single scientific theory in the last several hundred years that um, reduced human suffering and doubled human lifespan – that started with somebody saying, you know what, I bet, I bet that something's happening in that's flying through the air or through the water between people. There's something invisible that we can't see that's causing illness. And everyone said, well, that's crazy. You know, that's nuts. And of course, science over many years found that to be the case. And then that wasn't enough just to know it. We had to find ways to apply that knowledge in the world, and then it still required another hundred years before society adopted it as a reality and started to wash our hands, (laughs) things like that.
2: So, you know,
1: this is a model for the new renaissance, the new revolution in consciousness where people are awakening to this non-dual consciousness that Barbara talked about, the Um, self-transcendence, that there's a part of myself that's individual, but there's a part of myself that is inextricably intertwined with every other aspect of the world. And every decision I make every day about what I wear, what I eat, where I live, has a direct impact on people all the way around the planet. And so when we start to understand ourselves as bigger than just this sort of bag of bones that we're walking around in, it starts to completely reorient our own individual lives, but perhaps even more important, it's a collective reorientation. So society starts to see new ways of being that will be sustainable for the planet and that will um lead toward greater thriving.
2: I, I think that's so true and <clears throat> we might say that we're at a a time where there's not only one problem there's just so many collections of problems that mm-hmm. have reached a limit to one form of growth a limit to one form of consciousness on this planet we can't like we couldn't possibly double the population again we couldn't possibly go for another generation expanding the use of fossil fuels and so forth so the the human race has reached a crisis that I think is the greatest wake-up call we've ever had because it's a global crisis, it's multidimensional, we're all members of one generation, you can't can't shoot it down with a gun, (laughs) you can't win over it that way. It's going to require global cooperation at a scale we've never done before. So the cooperators, the co-creators, the ones who are moving in this direction become the more skilled emergent leaders because they already want to do it. And I think we yeah. have to go with <clears throat> the fact that the crisis is actually proceeding and, and stimulating more and more of us to wake up into the new, and that there is a new world already emerging in our midst, but it isn't noticed, it isn't news, it isn't It isn't in politics, it isn't at the head of religions, it isn't anywhere. Maybe, maybe Pope Francis is beginning it. You know... It's amazing that this vast movement is not in the New York Times. I read the New York Times every night just to know what I can't do anything about (laughs) and how bad, bad, terrible, difficult, torturous the news is without hardly a glimmer of this vast emerging community we're part of.
0: Right. There's virtually no mention. You're completely right. Right. And at the same time, I'd like to hear what you have to say about this. You have made the point a couple of times, and I'm in full agreement, we all are, that those of this emerging community are not in positions of uh, much economic or political or social power. Yes, those who are are coming from what we could... Comfortably call the old paradigm it's essentially the Newtonian paradigm, if not prior to that uh, of social, economic, and political um life, and they are currently making decisions on our collective behalf that are are degenerative, sort of like a chronic disease instead right. of progenerative uh, and progressive, yeah. as in the new homo sapiens sapiens progressus. Um, sometimes yeah. I call it the new homo ridiculous. <laughs> <But> we'll try <laughs> to skip over that one. Uh, but I would like Barbara to hear what you have to say about the fact that um, there are, while we are uh, increasing our population, you could say, through such organizations as your own, as IONS, as through a better world media platform reaching thousands of people you know, with every broadcast about what these ideas, it's almost like we're in a time race about who's going to win because we are staring down the barrel of such things as climate change, such as what's called the Trans-Pacific Partnership, such as things that would utterly, completely transform the world according to someone else's, from our point of view, new world Uh, order, not our own. It's a very... Well, Well, I'd I'd like to make
2: an analogy here between noetics and noosphere, because noetics, you know, the study of knowing and consciousness, the noosphere, what Teilhard called the thinking layer of Earth, the global brain, mind, heart, the planet has grown this new nervous system really in the last 15 years with Facebook, third largest nation in the world, Twitter, Google over 7 billion cell phones. This is a phenomenon that is not in the power structure directly. It's in the people structure. And I think the call now is to connect those already creating the new. If you study a little bit of Prigogine's model of how nature got from entropy to syntropy, from disorder to higher order, he called it the theory of dissipative structures. Mm-hmm. And this... Basically indicates as a system becomes more entropic, more disordered, innovations or mutations occur in every field and the nature of reality is at some point the innovations interact with each other in a nonlinear, exponential way and the system jumps to a higher order through the innate capacity of innovations to connect with each other in a more comprehensive whole nature has a brilliant capacity to make whole systems. Single cells, multi-cells, us with 50 trillion cells talking to 50 trillion cells on the phone here. We don't even know what's going on to keep these bodies going. So the nature's coordinating power of innovations and creative solutions for billions of years has jumped to higher order, but we've had five mass extinctions and so on. Is it possible that since we're facing a possible threat of our own self-devolution, that we're also given the tools in the noosphere, in the thinking layer, in the communication systems, as well as the inner spiritual growth of millions of us, that one more degree of, you might say, self-organization of a higher order. And I'll just speak for myself. I am 85 years old, and I've been... I say to all visionaries, just don't die. (laughs) Stay alive (laughs) long enough to fight everything that you've ever thought of happening. I've been motivated all these years by a sense that we're aiming towards a planetary awakening of connectivity of what works. And that we now have the systems, we we have just about everything we need. The internet structures are almost there. The call that I think leaders like us should be making is a call to connect what's working, communicate, connect, collaborate, and begin to see the outlines of what's already here. Because the emerging world is in our midst, but it's not called for. And everybody is so deeply engrossed in the part of the system they're working on that we don't have the voices for the connection of the whole. That's a larger
0: holistic picture.
2: Now, what, but, you know, a whole system has to be now called for. It has to be has to be uh, seen as a solution rather than just a sort of overly scientific thing.
0: Oh yes, exactly. I understand all of the all of Early the little creatures that are that are <laughs> coming forward now <laughs> with an evolutionary consciousness to really take a stand and actually be heard. Uh, On that note, let's let everyone know you are listening to A Better World with Mitchell J. Rabin. We are on every Wednesday out of New York City at 6 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, and uh, we're very glad to have you. We send out a newsletter every week, a free newsletter. So if you're not on it yet, please go to abetterworld.tv, that's www.abetterworld.tv and uh, join the newsletter and learn about the other shows we have on every week A Better World TV every Monday evening as well as this show and uh, periodically others and other events and activities taking place across the country in New York and elsewhere among which uh, is today's program today's roundtable which is focused on the Institute of Noetic Sciences, which is also known as IONS, the acronym, and there is a very special event taking place, a conference out in the Chicago area, July 22nd through 26th. So we've had joining us the President and CEO of the Institute, Cassandra Viten, and Barbara Marks-Hudberg, who is one of the featured presenters, along uh, whom will be Marianne Williamson, Don Miguel Ruiz, Edgar Mitchell, who does not look like he'll be joining us after all today, at least so far, and uh, but we'll see him at the event, Dean Raden and numerous others. Cassandra, you as well. Could you speak, Cassandra, a little bit, just share with our audience a little bit about the conference and these other speakers who will be there?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm just so excited about it. We've got about 500 people enrolled now, and there's still room. The um, prices go up on the 27th, so I invite everybody who's uh-huh. thinking about registering to go ahead and do so so you get that discount. But the IONS conference, for those of you who've been there and Barbara's been there before, it's something special because what happens is it's a microcosm of that sense of community among, I love the idea of mutants. <laughs> And I mean that in the best way. It's people who are really... Um, A
0: high-level mutation. Let's think of it that way.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> high-level mutation. Yeah, no, really, I, I, don't,
2: I don't mind calling it that. You know, it's kind of
1: fun because it could well be true. <laughs> right, yeah. And that's it's what it. forms evolution, right? So, I mean, these are people who are from every walk of life, from every age, um, many, many different countries who come. And um, obviously, we... Um, we're just happy to have Barbara and Marianne Williamson will be wonderful and Don Miguel Ruiz and um, all of the people that um, have inspired us. And I'm also so excited about sort of the, the breakout session speakers because we've got some people who are new to speaking at IONS, one of whom is just, for example, Drew Dellinger, who is a poet, who's a Martin Luther King scholar, and he's someone who has focused on two different things in particular. One is the transcendent philosophy of Martin Luther King, Jr., which most people don't know about. But, you know, some of the quotes from MLK in his letter from a Birmingham jail and had to do with the inescapable network of mutuality around the planet. And much of his thinking and his action came from a deep sense of interconnection with everyone and knowing that until everyone has justice, no one has justice. There is, It's a false idea that some people on this planet are thriving while others aren't, even though some appear to be, you know, yes. this is where he was coming from. And the other thing Drew has investigated is exactly what you brought up at the beginning of the call, which is how did viewing the Earth from space change our our collective planetary psyche. You know, all of yes. us who, for the very first time, saw the Earth from space, it was a uh, completely um, transformative moment collectively. And so he'll be yes. speaking about those things, and so many wonderful other folks um, will be there. And what would um, be some so of the think...
0: subjects that are addressed that uh, one wouldn't find at a uh, more conventional conference.
1: Well, we're looking, um, first of all, frontier science, and so, you know, we'll be sharing some of our most recent research findings on phenomena like mediumship and survival of consciousness after bodily death and interconnections between people from a distance, um, precognition and uh, intuitive knowing, worldview transformation, and non-local consciousness, and the interaction between consciousness and physics um, and all of what we're starting to learn about mind-matter interactions. And Mm -hmm. so that's an exciting realm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then we'll be really looking at the realm of application and how do we bring this level of consciousness into schools and hospitals and um, neighborhoods and politics Mm. and business. And we really are... Yeah, I mean, we're really talking about um, these awakenings that are so important, and yet we'd like to see them. You know, it's very important to be a radical who is pushing the boundaries. It's also important to understand how to build bridges into the mainstream. Otherwise, all the radicals just keep hanging out talking to one another, and it doesn't change anything. And so what's really I feel optimistic about in that regard is that it is very – it takes very small changes in systems to make massive change. And maybe this was kind of the one degree that Barbara was talking about.
0: Yeah.
1: It, it doesn't have to be, a, let no. me use the pun, rocket science. You know, We're mm-hmm. talking about people simply, sometimes, bringing just another expanded layer of awareness to a meeting they're in or into the way they talk to a child in an educational system or the words they use when they're talking about healing in a healthcare system or taking five extra minutes to say what is your intention for your healing and what is the meaning of this illness to you in addition to whatever drugs and interventions someone's providing. So those small shifts make profound change, and those are the kinds of things. We've got several programs and tools that both the Institute of Noetic Sciences and other organizations and teachers will be providing at the conference that people can take home and start using right away. And the last is just what Barbara was talking about, the power of community, that it's almost like, a I don't know, a tuning fork. I mean, when you come into an environment where everyone is vibrating at a particular frequency that's yeah. Hired sometimes in our daily life, you start to join that, and you can bring it back into your life, and it lasts for quite a long time. So absolutely, absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. I, I'd like to just
2: mention something that I realized because I teach so much on internet, like on the Shift Network, and I'm reaching thousands of students, and I don't see anybody. And finally, I said, "This can't go on." Yeah. <laughs> and we're finally, I mean, you did this in IONS much, much before I did, but it's to invite all the students that have been involved in conscious evolution or would like to be involved to form community. So the Foundation for Conscious Evolution is going to have evolutionary community. And what I had a call last night, there were 12 people that wanted to build physical centers. I was just amazed. And they had they had proto centers of various kinds and people want not only to to gather on the internet with each other but to create clusters and you've done very well with this in ions and I just wanted to know where are you in the that form of community building that what you were you have been doing maybe you're still doing it I'm not sure
1: yeah yeah well we have oh, now sure. about yeah we have about 70,000 people online in terms of our social media and email presence Um, But we also have 175 community groups all over the world, and we've had a recent upsurge in the creation of those community groups. And interesting, you know, having one form in Helsinki and one in, um, you know, South Africa and one in Ecuador, and it's just amazing to watch. It's like a popcorn awakening happening all over the world. And one of the things I think is really important is that the – internet is um providing a level of literal interconnectivity that is completely unprecedented you know that is something like barbara was saying that we have no idea yet how this is going to change everything and it is a democratization of knowledge and connection and access to mm-hmm. information and also what it's doing interestingly is It's guiding people to find each other in person again. So meetups and community groups and um, all of the different in-person groups that are forming around the world are showing us that the Internet isn't a replacement necessarily for personal connection. In-person
0: meetings,
1: yes. You know, it's it's forming kind of, I think some people have called it Web 3.0, which is the web actually assisting people to find each other in the world. So that's awesome because I like both. I like both. I love connecting with people on Facebook. I love online education, and I love meeting with people in the world. And I think most people have a need for that too. I want yes, to bring I,
0: something up here, Cassie, uh, which is uh, and in part answer uh, Barbara to your question. I happen to be on the on the board of the Friends of Institute of Noetic Sciences in New York City. And, you know, we're one of the, uh, I guess I like to think of, more prominent uh, chapters of IONS. And Kathy Coleman is very involved in uh, being the coordinator of the chapters really across the planet. And they have what I've been seeing um, in my role is that this is really building momentum very much in line with the evolutionary consciousness you were speaking about earlier. But I'd also like to just share something because I haven't, unlike the two of you, attended one of the IONS conferences and just personally, this is I will be there this time and uh, I'm, I'm very pleased to be and it's particularly meaningful to me on a personal level because I was around when the Institute for Noetic Sciences was first birthed because uh, um, a girl that I was actually seeing at the time and was very friendly with, her father was approached by Edgar Mitchell and was asked to be one of the primary funders of it back in the early 70s. So I watched this whole rocket, if you will, blast off, and it was very exciting for me, and I've been very close to that family, the Temple family, for many years of my growing up and since. And uh, so it's of real interest to me to see this blossoming since the early 70s of what ions. I'm in my capacity in fiance I see some of it, of course. And this will be, you know, kind of in my face uh, at the Chicago Conference. So I'm personally just very, very pleased to be going. And the lineup, as we've been talking about, Barbara, Marianne Williamson, Edgar Mitchell, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz, Dune Raiden, Cassandra Vitan, you know, all of these people have been on a Better World a number of times over the years, and many others who not yet. But the building of community is clearly has been a strength of Ions for a long time. So something you and I, Barbara, could learn a lot from from them.
2: Right, I I, I, I really agree with that because I feel I've been negligent. In the teaching end of it, without the connecting end of it to to, to be plugged, so we're starting a little bit late. But anyway, better late than never. And it's it's very, it's certainly very nourishing to me personally. Uh, I just got back from a retreat at Hummingbird with many of my students, and um, we have when we get together. It's just like you say. There's a resonance. And in the resonance yes. everyone's deeper self comes forward and people step into the field and you really are very rapidly evolved in these resonant fields of of like minded spirits and souls. It's I think it's necessary. I think that to try to do what we're doing without cultivating that we'll lose the vitality of what we're doing because also it's joyful. Yes. You exactly. Know? I think
0: that's so important. You know, it's almost like the internet as, Cassie, you were kind of suggesting, is, you know, 3.0. It's interesting. By looking at a screen and interacting in various kinds of Google groups and other communities, online communities, it gets to a point where it's two-dimensional for too long, and you need it to become three-dimensional, if not more. And that requires face-to-face meetings. And that's really what we're talking uh,
2: about. Still, are human beings in bodies, yeah. and I love much as I love the noosphere. I realized the life. My my partner died, and I was you know I'm 85, and this is a whole interesting thing. Is what do you do when you don't have extended family? You yes. don't belong to an existing church. You have friends, but they're not yet community. Right. And many of us, you know, and, and you could go to an, it's a very good uh, point. You could go to a place where they they actually create community with older people, but then you don't really want to do that. Mm -hmm. Yes. And by the way,
0: this notion you keep referring to, Barbara, this is important. Uh, You've just come from one retreat. I just today finished another retreat. I'm down in Asheville, North Carolina, actually. I was at a, a Taoist to some extent, Physical Immortality Retreat. So I, oh, I just want to correct your language a little bit. It's 85 years young, and um, we have something called the 150-Year-Old Club. And so I'd like to engage you as a member because we believe that it's really and, – and this is also part of the um, – the idea that we explore at IONS, which is looking at belief systems and seeing how belief systems limit our thinking and then therefore limit our biology and our neurophysiology. And what we began to step outside of ourselves and look at the way we think and look at the way we believe, then we can invent new systems um, and new possibilities. So it applies to age as well.
2: Well, dear. send me that
0: information,
2: <laughs> please. Would you send me that? I'm very interested because I feel I'm regenerating. Sure. Absolutely. The consciousness yeah. I'm, and so yeah. are many others, but we don't notice it really.
0: That's right. Interestingly, talking about something I was referring to earlier about. Uh, while on one hand we're on an evolutionary cutting edge, on the other hand we are awakening dormant facets of ourselves that have been here all along these teachings are rooted in the 5,000 plus year old uh, teachings from ancient Taoist thought in China so uh, it's that they've been kicking around but people haven't been paying, taking them very seriously, but now that we have the interface of science with Spirituality and consciousness; these ancient ideas are being given a new standing in our society, thankfully. Well,
1: and you know, we have the two of you to
0: thank, and you know, the work of Ions, uh, which is dignifying ancient thought, if you will, in the modern era. And I think this is one of its really important important features and functions.
1: Oh, no. Cassie, do you want to
0: comment on that?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I got a chance to, and I'm so sorry Edgar couldn't be here. I've been um, sending yeah. little messages and trying to get him on the phone, but I think maybe there was a <laughs> mix-up, so my apologies yeah. for that, but um, sure, sure. I did get to spend last weekend with him, and so I I went to his home. He still lives near Cape Canaveral in Florida, and yeah. he was going over some of the um, memorabilia he has from his spacewalk and all of that stuff, and, you know, he just... So strikes me, he's important. also 85, and I said, you know, what is what is most important to you? Um, and he said, well, you know, we've been taught that the universe is made of matter and energy, and what we're learning now is that it's made of matter, energy, and consciousness. And this third element, this third force in reality is really what this new um, revolution or evolution is, going to be all about and i'm a huffington post blogger post blogger and i've been working on a new post and hopefully we'll get it up before the conference which is that you know there was the industrial age there was the age of technology there was the information age and i think we're moving into the age of connection and i'd love to see that idea explored more and um I know Barbara that um, our organizations have been brought together by uh, another organization in Chicago that we love, that's co-sponsoring our conference called Greenheart, which is uh, started as a cultural exchange student program and now has something called Greenheart transforms, where they're um, bringing organizations together to make change. And I just wanted to hear if you had anything to share about the Foundation for Conscious Evolution.
2: Well, yes, we're we're joining with the Center for Integral Wisdom, which is Ken Wilber's uh, um, center, and how to bring forward the idea of a unique self-symphony, a planetary connectivity of that which is creative, as a transcendent goal for all who want to participate. Um, mm, beautiful. I, I think it's very, very important that we do this collectively. Um yeah. I like the phrase unique self-symphony because everyone has a unique tone. And you know, sometimes they say, don't speak to the choir. Well, there is no choir. <laughs> lots of separate yeah. singers, lots of separate instruments. And I am very excited about doing that together and working on the Internet site right. that yeah. that would be actually helping us find those we need to create with. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Jonas Salk used to say to me It's not survival of the fittest But survival of what fits best That's right Yeah. So we need That's to know right. where gift can be given Where we're needed And when you find that It's all a difference in the world So it's not only community But community where you can give your gift to someone who needs it You can join genius mm-hmm. As yeah. I like now you join genes to have the baby. You join genius, creativity, and love, and you give birth to a new human within yourself when you can do that. Yeah. So it's very enjoyable, which we don't usually hear about. <laughs>
0: yeah, you're totally right. I, you know, it's just you're tickling me because I've been ensconced in exactly this kind of thinking, uh, but via the the vehicle has been the ancient Chinese uh, wisdom of the Tao um, taught by uh, an extraordinary gentleman named Michael Wynn who, um, you know, the subject is always the inner man and the inner woman and the, what becomes the inner marriage and this is, you could say, the, the blissful completion of of the you know, and it's like, wow, this is fabulous. I could live for many hundreds of years with that arrangement.
2: You, know? you so join the Forget inner about woman, being
0: alone. Excuse me. You
2: join the inner woman, the inner man, and then you join genius with others doing the same. Exactly. And then you, well, I, I've made up another word here. Eros, eros, becomes teleros, telos, and eros combined. Helos, telos is high purpose and goals, and eros is love. When you join genius, you combine love with high purpose, yeah. and the unique capabilities of one another being expressed by joining, and and that I think nature is inventing the next step after sexuality. <laughs> Uh-huh. Well,
0: it looks like that is happening among our human society, doesn't it?
2: Well, you're not going to keep reproducing up to maximum, but you are going to yeah. keep evolving now. Yeah.
0: Right. So this Although you the, to... the the concept of in Greek of love that you brought forward, you may also it might not be as uh, poetically fun as agape, which might be capturing <laughs> that higher level of love, but hey, you know what? It's just one of those science and spirituality di- false dichotomies
2: of separating right, our spirituality from We just we, want to, we really want to have the juicy love of it, That's joining right. genius with each other to create, and agape is right in the midst of that, for sure. Yeah,
0: there we go. So it's almost like a sandwich, you could say. I like that. Right. <laughs> but, Excuse me? I, I said yes. Yes, right, okay, good. A yummy sandwich, so yeah. No, all the points have been that both of you are making are really very salient and I think important in helping our our world take a new thoughtful multi dimensional look at who we are as humans. And we are really reshuffling the deck and reorganizing our understanding. And as per Prigogine, I really appreciated, Barbara, that reference, we are uh, in a chaotic, highly chaotic state right now, which I think is being suggested by you both, is just um, antecedent to a new, a new rocket ship blasting off of we humans. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a new a new shaping, a new formulation, and it's very exciting. We're just about out of time. I would love for each of you, Barbara, if you would start, just give us some wrap-up thoughts that you'd like to leave with our audience.
2: Well, I'd, li- I'd like to leave the idea of joining together to co-create locally, regionally, globally toward a critical mass of creativity and love before we have to go into the worst kind of decline and devolution that's being foreseen. I think it's preventable through connectivity of what's emergent, loving, and creative, and let's go for it.
0: (laughs) Bless you, my dear. Barbara (laughs) Morris Hubbard, thanks so much for joining me again here, joining us. It's so wonderful having you on A Better World. You are doing so much to help create it. God bless you. Thank you, and I'll see you at the conference. Okay. Yeah, beautiful. Thanks, I'm going to hang up
2: now, then. I'll say goodbye, okay? Sounds great. Bye-bye, Barbara. We'll see you soon. bye Thanks a lot, everybody. Bye-bye.
0: Absolutely. Bless you. Bye-bye now. Cassandra Viten, I would love for you to share with us also your last thoughts for uh, our audience and what if uh, some of our audience decide to uh, pick up and go out to Chicago July 22nd uh, what well, they Well, we would up. love
1: that to happen and um, yeah. yeah, just come to noetic.org. It would be wonderful to have people. Um, as I said earlier, I think the I um, prices go up on June 27th so register before then and oh, yeah. I just wrote a letter to our community and I was trying to describe um, what the IONS community is like, which is really difficult to describe, but it's sort of defined by paradox and Here's what I said. They're made up of open minded, critical thinkers. They stand strong for what they believe, yet are ready to shift their perspectives. They're dedicated to their personal mission and also open to outcome. They trust in their unshakable, deep inner knowing, but are also insatiably curious and ready to learn. They're seekers and discoverers. They're at home, but they love to explore. They're complex and embody simplicity, funny and serious. Loving and fierce, so it's kind of a, a beautiful coming together of all of these juicy, as Barbara put it, parts of life. And uh, we really appreciate your support, um, Mitch, over the years, and the friends of the Institute of Noetic Sciences in New York. And yeah. can't wait to see you at the conference. It's going to be you great. And thanks for doing it. this. Yeah, thanks for doing this show.
0: My pleasure, Cassandra Vitens. So nice to have you on. President and CEO of the Institute for Noetic Sciences, scientist at large. I really look forward to seeing you, Cassie. And, um,
1: okay. You're
0: so welcome. It's just a pleasure to be of support. And I know that all of my friends and colleagues at the Friends of Institute of Noetic Sciences in New York feel the same way. They are really blessing me in being our representative out at IONS at the, uh, at the conference. So
1: Wonderful. Okay, we'll so, see you soon. The
0: website last is www.noetic.org. N-O-E-T-I-C, Noetic, from Noesis, the ancient Greek. Beautiful. Cassie, thanks again for uh, being on today on the roundtable.
1: Sure, we'll see you soon.
0: Okay really rich. I really appreciate these two very special women who are voicing uh, really what's coming tomorrow, what's coming in the future. It's more than that. It's beckoning the future. It's invoking and creating a future for us all according to higher values, very deeply humane values, and the openness to transformation of the current paradigm into one that works for all beings. And, of course, those of you who know me and who know A Better World and what my life has been all about and what A Better World is all about knows that this is exactly what we are up to. And I can safely and comfortably say that is the same with all of my colleagues at FIONS, which, again, is the Friends of an Institute, of Noetic Sciences in New York City, and uh, this is what ION's vision is all about, and I've been blessed also to have been aware of it and uh, familiar with it from its very inception. So, so, as I said, in many ways uh, attending the conference and being in support of it is a real blessing for me because of the history involved here. I'm sorry that Edgar Mitchell wasn't able to join us today. Uh, There must have been some good reason he wasn't able to join us at the last minute, but his spirit was certainly here. And I also want to acknowledge uh, a few people from IONS, in particular uh, Kathy Coleman, who's always been very helpful and instrumental in uh, working with me and with uh, FIONS in New York City and has been helpful and also even setting up this particular roundtable interview and <clears throat> just last time i want to tell you that uh, if you're not yet on our mailing list and getting our free weekly newsletter please go to a abetterworld.tv www.abetterworld.tv and uh, join us become part of a better world family a Better World community. It'll be a pleasure to have you. We're up to all sorts of good, juicy things for creating a better world on a multidimensional level, and uh, we welcome your participation. So on that note, I just want to thank you again all for joining us, and I look forward to seeing you all next week.